Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tome of Knowledge. I was making sure because I had to switch the scene around a little bit because as you maybe can tell, Moobs is not going to be here tonight. He's going to see uh, he's going to a concert. His favorite band is in town. So I hope you're having fun, buddy. I forgot what band it was, though, that he was saying. Like he mentioned it. Uh, Probably a ska band. I mean, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Probably for sure. Oh, was it was it less than Jake? I don't remember. I Scott's not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Scott's not my thing. Uh, But yeah, welcome to Tone Knowledge. Uh, I'm Max. This is VS, and we're going to talk about D and D. Wowee! A couple things is if you're not looking at our YouTube, you should just go give it a look. YouTube.com/slash at Casters and Cantrips, and it's where we put all the fun things. (laughs) The the end. Uh, Your eyeballs will be entertained. Yes, all of them. And your ear holes. And another big thing is there's no stream on Friday. There's no Campaign 2 stream on Friday because on Sunday uh, we're doing a stream, a special charity stream for the National MS Society over on their channel, which is at twitch.tv slash MS Society there in chat for those of you that are um taking a look listen so go definitely hang out over there they're going all weekend they're starting friday uh evening east coast evening time and going all the way through sunday and we're sunday at noon pacific so noon pacific three eastern is when we start we've got a fun little um little one shot prepared so you definitely don't want to miss that um, yeah, I'm I'm excited too, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. I mentioned this before that that my aunt, uh, she had MS, and she was diagnosed at a young age. So it's it's cool to kind of be part of this and and help, um, a specific charity out. And there's been some interesting advances in like autoimmune autoimmune diseases in general. So a lot of promising research that a lot of that's been funded, uh, in part by some of the charities that help them. So. But very excited. We've got um, I'll be DMing that one. VS is playing. Bun is playing. Uh, Mac is playing. And then um, Drew, Jism Crow, Mac's partner, is also playing too. He's helping us jumping into a slot since um, Moobs and Nina couldn't make it. So he's going to be uh, jumping in. So always a good time with Drew there. But anyway, I, th- I think that's that's all to talk about right now that I could think of. So kind of what our stream is about. And I realized that I included in the title inspiration. We're not talking about D and D inspiration. Kind of. We're not talking about the mechanic called inspiration in fifth edition D and D. We're talking about inspiration for your brains uh, and kind of how, like what you can use to inspire yourself, whether it be like creating characters or like plot hooks, stories, like campaign, like everything, right? Uh, and I'm going to start with the uh, classic um, aside that I usually say is, did you know in the Dungeon Master's Guide and the Player's <laughs> Handbook, in the appendix, um, there for the Player's Handbook, it's an appendix for inspirational reading, and the Dungeon Master's Guide, it's in the appendix for Dungeon Master Inspiration. And they just list a whole bunch of books 
and things to look at <laughs> if, you, if you're interested in like um drawing some inspiration um for your d for D D basically and i think it's also talks about things that may have influenced people that have that created the that created D as well so a lot of good stuff in there definitely and i can say i've, I've looked at some of this stuff for sure we're looking for for inspiration uh i think the first thing that i want to get out of the way here <laughs> is lord of the lord of the rings inspired everything <laughs> so <laughs> like lord of the rings it's like inspired this like D D inspires i think lord of the rings inspires pretty much all fantasy at some way shape or form or level it's basically yeah. the bedrock of the whole genre. Um, but that's okay. You can still draw inspiration from it too, if you want. Tolkien was a smart man. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. So, the way that I've listed stuff out for me is, is it like the Simpsons did it with Lord of the Rings? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I've just been kind of looking through campaigns one and two and like picking up like different plot hooks or like campaign setting stuff and just thinking about like what inspired me in that. And I know VS, you were looking at characters and like looking at some of the like inspiration behind some of them. So mm-hmm. I figure we can start. We can we can pull one of yours, talk about one of your characters and like inspirations that you drew. And then I can talk about some of my stuff and then we can do another one of your characters if you'd like. Well, I mean, so far I've only really played two, but my first one, Valken, um, I drew a lot of inspiration from a couple different character archetypes that I enjoy from various shows, usually anime. But um, I look at... there's There's a certain type of character that exists that's like... Not necessarily the cool guy, but somebody who's nonchalant and kind of silly and is more or less aloof. And you see that trope in a lot of different characters across all different kinds of media, but especially in anime. There's always what that one character that's like that. And um, that was kind of like the baseline where I drew my inspiration for What's his personality going to be like? Um, how's he going to talk? Um, pretty much, pretty much anything you can imagine when coming up with a character. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first and foremost the baseline I wanted to go with, and then I, you know, pulled some of my own stuff into it, um, own ideas. But yeah, I I don't know. I tend to tend to think on stuff that I've seen uh, characters that I've seen on shows or read in books and kind of choosing and and pull from a number of different aspects. Um, Cause I'm always kind of theory crafting characters, D and D characters. And I'm like, Oh, you know, what would be cool. I saw one time uh, a character was like from a faraway land and, He's just a straight badass with a sword. That'd be a cool fighter or something. And I could, <laughs> you know, come up with my own origins for it. But 
I don't know. It's really simple stuff like that. It's not too deep, really, for me. And I, of course, I don't have any experience putting together a full story like a D and D campaign. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure Max will probably say a lot of stuff that I would probably tend to lean on uh, if I was to create a campaign or something like that. I'd, so I'd say that's debatable because your your backstories are by far the the most in depth and thought out <laughs> than anybody else's so <laughs> that's true can can you draw as i know you kind of g- generically mentioned like different animes and things that you like is there are there any direct parallels that you can draw with like sort of any content that, that you may have watched or read or anything that you can point directly to valken from that you can think of uh yeah so valken was like known for having a sweet tooth that's straight up a character trait from my favorite anime the main character uh his name's gintoki um he's like the a name lazy of the show because i have no idea gintama <laughs> is the name of okay. the anime um and he's like a lazy good for nothing guy but he has like a heart of gold and is actually a very accomplished samurai it, the story of gintama is nutty it's a comedy anime and it's just ridiculous but uh the one thing is is he's always eating sweets it's got to be something sweet strawberry milk putting like sweet sauce on rice and all that kind of stuff and uh i was like you know what that's a fun thing i don't know how often it will come up but <laughs> a I lot know actually trait yeah i know that's a trait that i want to have um because it's it's just a small thing, but it it can give your character a little bit more character, I guess. Just little mm-hmm. little personality traits like that. Yeah. Village's question is: Do you ever have a goal when for when you draw inspiration, or just go loose and let whatever happens happens? Uh, hmm. I, I know for me, it, it can work. I don't know because for me, it's like oh. Like if I'm reading something or I'm watching something, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a cool thing. And I might write it down and like remember it later. Um, I don't know if it ever works in the opposite direction. I think in the opposite direction, it is sort of subconscious. And Venus and I were mentioning before um, the stream talking about like inspiration for like characters and like your campaign and stories. There's really kind of like a, like a conscious like inspiration. Hey, I want to use this thing because it's cool and I like it and I want to tweak it a little bit. But I think that there's also a ton of just like subconscious inspiration that you draw from from like your entire life of watching TV movies or or anime or playing games or whatever. Like, I I think there's some of that that's just sort of a little intangible of. It's hard to categorize every piece of content that you've consumed over your life and be like, that's where I got that from. (laughs) Yeah, I think to answer that, uh, it's mostly, I think, uh, I see something and I'm like, I wonder if I can make a character out of that. Like if I see, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it could be what a character is wearing even, like Mm -hmm. their armor or their clothing. I'm like, that's a cool aesthetic. I wonder if I can make a cool D&D character that as a similar aesthetic and then I'll brainstorm like what class could it be and mm-hmm. from there start coming up with ideas for like race and 
character type and yeah that's how i that's why i'm always brainstorming things because i'll see something I'm, I'm like oh that's actually really cool looking or man that character's got a cool voice i wonder if i can make a character that sounds like that or, you know it's just <laughs> my brain's constantly mm-hmm. thinking about how can i turn this into something i want to play in D. <laughs> yeah and i know for me like i think i've mentioned it before that I use, like I use OneNote for all of my campaign notes, and there's probably better software out there for that. This is what I used in the beginning, and I'm t- I'm in too deep now, and I don't want to change because <laughs> I'm used to it. But the key thing for me is like, because I used to I used to like take notes on stuff like like on my phone, and then like look back at it and then transfer it over, and then I just got tired of it and started using this. And then now, if like I see something or like a cool concept, I'll like open up like the app on my phone and be like, Hey, you know, ideas and like just jot stuff down just, mm-hmm. just so I don't forget it. Cause I'm bad at that is if I let myself like sleep after the idea, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally gone. But yeah, it's, I mean, inspirations everywhere, whether it's conscious or, or unconscious. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with Falcon? Anything else you, you may have like picked up? Um, I'm trying to recall, like, since campaign one was so long ago now. Um, uh, I think, I mean, he, he was more or less like an anime character being a monk, right? Monks get all that crazy high speed. I can run a thousand feet per round like mm-hmm. climb up walls um and i think maybe i know for sure there's multiple times where we were in combat and i'm like something will come to my mind i think like you said subconsciously where it's like ooh, when it's my turn and i'm gonna attack it i'm gonna describe an attack like this or mm-hmm. or if my character has something going on like I, the the scared of dead, like scared of undead thing, was like also one of the things you could potentially see in different shows or movies, um, mm-hmm. and it that came up quite a few times. We're exploring ancient ruins or whatever zombies. Yeah, and that's like, pretty iconic for like like a lot of like characters. First thing that comes to mind is like Indiana Jones being afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty iconic too. So I thought it was cool to have a flaw like that. Yeah. And that's not something I, I came up with that. I think not too long before we actually started because mm-hmm. I wanted to add more character quirks and I was like, that that's a fun trope I've seen before and it can probably lead to some silly moments maybe because we don't know what's coming in the campaign. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if it does come up, it could be fun. So, I, I don't know. I think subconsciously, I, I tended to uh, pull from from different things, like you said. Mm-hmm. I um, so there's some. I can start talking about some of the stuff that I because I started looking through my notes and just listing out like quests or story beats or whatever, and just trying to think of like where like where did I pick stuff up from, uh, and I've got quite a decent list. Um, so kind of the first thing that I have was just the idea of, um, like salon 
with like the kind of what they were doing like with magic users like that kind of stuff um i remember originally that one of the original inspirations in my brain was like x-men like mutants and like that kind of stuff and it, and it obviously spiraled way far away from that yeah <laughs> but, but it's just a kind of a starting point for me of like these people that that are born with these inherent like magical abilities and like how does how does society treat them you know that kind of stuff because if you remember in um you know the first campaign where where vin was a sorcerer it's like hey you weren't part of the magic academy like you can't you know that kind of stuff that's kind of how it originally was born out of my mind and then from there just kind of expanded on it because it's one thing like you can take like like general ideas and things but you don't want to just like straight up like lift something and then just drop it somewhere else because that's that's not going to work um and also i think from the dm side um you really don't want a lot of your inspirations to be like super overt because if the players recognize then it kind of pulls them out of (laughs) it pulls them out of it a little bit if they're like oh like that's X-Men like that pulls them out of like the campaign a little bit. Right. Uh, so don't just like pick up like a whole like thing and just drop it and say, Oh, it's in my campaign. now. you can use things for inspiration, but don't like just, you know, don't copy yeah. off your neighbor's paper. <laughs> no, no, Luke, I am your father moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing too, I'll, I'll talk about this is when, when we had that week where, where a bunch of people were going to be gone. Uh, but then we had the buddy adventure mm-hmm. with Falcon and Moobs. Like immediately, my mind and we were like joking about it. I was like, "This has to be a buddy cop movie. Like it has to be something like that." And then, like I literally, like the week before, I started watching a whole bunch of buddy cop movies. Like I watched all like the Bad Boys again. I watched like the other guys, you know, a couple other ones. And that one, I I took more of like like an academic approach to it. Of like, okay, what what's like the DNA of a buddy cop movie? Like, what has to happen in a buddy cop movie? You know, what are the tropes and stuff to include? And, and I kind of did that. Like, you remember like the carriage, like, you know, um, chase. Like, it's basically a buddy cop movie car chase. You know, at the yeah. end, like all hell breaks loose and there's a big crash and that kind of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's where I I drew a bunch of inspiration from because I knew I wanted it to be like that. So basically took what what makes a buddy cop movie and then made it into, into D and D. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, I should have a little 21 jump street in there too, as well. If I remember correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, like I've I've not wrote, wrote a campaign or anything, but I can just see when you're trying to come up with things for your players to do. Um, you can give them a dungeon crawl. You can give them a heist. You can give them uh, um, a tournament or something. And just by the very nature of what those things are, there's just a plethora of potential inspiration and other sources that have done those things where you can kind of pick and choose um, what sorts of things really stand out to you. If you like watch a heist movie or several heist movies, how do they go usually? Uh, what what types of challenges do the the people doing the heist face? Um, 
and you know consciously or subconsciously you could end up with a scenario that might be similar to something in a tv show or 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 whatnot so you know i think by the very nature of just writing story bits and and putting things in front of players you can tend to draw on an enormous amount of stuff mm-hmm. um daisy over in youtube the voice and personality for zarlug in campaign one was one of my favorite characters <laughs> what was the inspiration for Sarlog? Man, I don't that I think that one may have been one of those like unconscious um inspirations that, that I didn't really directly draw from from anything in particular. But it was basically what would this person be like if they were basically the mafia? Right. Like, how, like, what would this person be like? What would their mannerisms be? How would they act? Um, and then kind of take your pick from any movie portraying like, like the mob <laughs> or, mafia or anything like that. Um, for his voice, I kind of went like for the, just a generic, my, my generic Slavic voice. Um, for some reason, I don't know why. Um, but his voice, like a little bit of Watto creeped in from the Phantom Menace. And, yeah. and I, don't, I don't know why, but it, it, I, could, I could tell that there was a little bit of it in there for some reason. It wasn't like a, like a one for one like copy. Um, but I, I don't know, like retrospectively, I am like realizing that there might have been a little bit of if I don't know who Watto was in the Phantom Menace the episode one of Star Wars was was the little the little guy who owned the shop that was basically the the guy who owned Anakin and his mom the little flying guy yeah uh so, you know <laughs> he's a sleazeball basically yeah so that by my inspiration for Zarlug was basically a sleazeball for Zarlug Tusk <laughs> yeah um but you That's mentioned something character. you mentioned something when you talked about tournaments like the martial arts tournament in campaign yeah. one like that, like a little you bit know, of karate kid, a little bit yeah. of Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat, karate kid, like Cobra Kai, all that stuff. Like, you know, and I don't the know, schools, like, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like not like a direct lift from that stuff. But I mm-hmm. think that like where from media, we like just inherently have seen those kind of movies and shows. Um and I almost think that, like, when you say, like, martial arts tournament, like, that's what the players would expect, too. Like, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah. Yeah, not, not enough love triangles in that tournament for Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, picturing there's... a little bit, too, during that, uh, like, um, the OG Dragon Ball series. Mm. Um not DBZ, but the first like OG Dragon Ball, where the entire series was like just a fighting tournament, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like picturing that in my mind. Some parts of it, I was like, "It's kind of cool." <laughs> like Dragon Ball, or like the like the whole Cell games from DBZ, mm-hmm. or like I believe like Inuyasha. Like I've watched very little anime. I'm just pulling like deep in the back of my mind from when I watched on Toonami as a kid. Hunter <laughs> Hunter Hunter has like a huge tournament arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, stuff like that. Um, I think some things are pretty overt. So like in like campaign one, the Heralds of the Grove, basically the the like the Fey Knights of the Oak Father. I mean, a lot of that is just like plucked from Arthurian legend, right? And some of their personalities um are basically like parallel to like specific knights in Arthurian legend as well. So that one's a pretty not a one-to-one, but a pretty direct comparison in, in a lot of ways, because you had Blue Knight, you had the Black Knight, there's a Red Knight, and then of course uh Ron representing, you know, green in that particular case. Mm-hmm. A no, little bit of up, uh, I didn't pick up on that immediately. Um, I think it took several instances of Ron, like in his dream stage or wherever he went to, and I was like, okay, a little bit of not quite round table ish, but like, mm-hmm. you know, got all these knights, they all serve one thing not a king, but a god this time, yeah, yeah. And I remember getting, um, some like some visual like reference in my mind, some visual inspiration from like the movie, the green Knight as well. Mm. Um, this is a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Great movie. Um, what else do I have on my list here? That would be interesting to talk about. Um, so I'll talk about a person for reference an NPC so Gilris Faldor from um, I'm forgetting like all the names and places and stuff for campaign one because now my brain's filled with campaign two uh, but Gilris Faldor from Ram Crown who was the like the master of ships um, originally based on like Varys from uh, Game of Thrones yeah. in, in a certain way sort of yeah somebody who has eyes and ears all over the place and mm-hmm. dresses very fancy and mm-hmm. I, I remember that character yeah I can see it as you satyr scouts yeah the whole <laughs> the whole <laughs> sailor moon reference having satyr scouts um, instead of planets instead of planets what would the what would the scouts be based off of if there were Seder Scouts. My knowledge of Sailor Moon is not great, so I don't know what the what the different what the different scouts would be based out of or off of. Who knows? Maybe the different Fae Arch phase? I don't know. Possibly. Is it, isn't that what Sailor Moon is? Like they draw power from the planet. Each one has a planet <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, ale, wine, flute, dance, and a harp. Perfect. <laughs> That's a little bit of like Captain Planet <laughs> melded in. Like nobody likes harp. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's kind of uh, funny. Let me find one, one more and then we can go to one of your characters and then I can come back and talk about some other stuff. Okay. Um... Something okay. This is kind of interesting, of like a tangential, um, a tangential sort of inspiration that just kind of educated me, right? So, and this isn't going to give anything away 
in campaign two, but like the idea of like a rudder, you've heard me talk about a rudder and like a captain's rudder, right? It's R U T T E R. I had never heard of that before, but I was reading a book. It's called Shogun. uh, And the way it was um, described to me was Game of Thrones, but like feudal Japan (laughs) is is how it's set up. Um, and there's particularly, um, basically they called navigators pilots and the navigator would have a rudder, which would basically all of like the information of like all of the routes and the ways to get, you know, from, you know, Europe or the new world to like Japan or like the Pacific. And they would keep those things secret because, you know, a good pilot most of the, a lot of their worth aside from their navigational skills was like if they had specific routes mapped out. Cause it was kind of like, it's kind of like their own intellectual property. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, they figured it out. They figured a way around, you know, like the horn of Africa or they figured a way around like South America. Like they don't want to share that information with other people like the safe way to get there because they want to get hired. So right. not really like an inspiration as far as like, um, like specific characters or like a place, but just that the concept of that being a real thing in, in, in real life, I had no idea until I read that book and did some research on it. It's kind of interesting. Um, after hearing you talk about that, I watched a few YouTube videos recently of, um, Oh God, what's his name? Um, the YouTube channels tested. It's, um, Adam Savage's channel. Yeah, yeah. And he went to a museum where he was looking at different um, medieval armors and they had medieval armors, especially the ones that were making plate armor back in the day. Uh, Those were like highly sought after craftsmen, especially Mm -hmm. by wealthy people who wanted like the best armor. And they, they had to come up with ways to make sheets of metal be able to move and so the human body could move with all it on there and not be impeded. And a lot of the solutions that came up with, they didn't tell to anybody. They, mm-hmm. that was like intellectual property. And it's for the same reason they want people to come to them. They don't want to share those, that information with anybody else. Cause they want the nobles or whoever, the, the Lords mm-hmm. to come to them for their next set of armor. Yeah, it's a livelihood. Yeah, yeah. Pseudo armor costs a fuck ton of money. <laughs> yeah, in those and these times, guys were artisans. I mean, they came up with some ingenious solutions. So, it kind of, you're talking about that book, kind of reminded me of that. And it kind mm-hmm. of, it's the same thing. So, I will, I will correct you because you said you've only played two. You also played one in the one shot for City oh, of Terror as well. Yeah. So. Um, but he we can go to, onto one of your characters if you if you'd like either uh, Hayden or or that one shot character would be interesting. I forgot his name. Saul. That's right. Callus. Saul Callus. Um, he. Um, oh God! What is that elf? Um, oh shoot! I'm not blanking on this. I can't remember. He's the type of elf that's like the Raven Queen, like Shadar Kai. Shadar Kai. Yeah, he's a Shadar Kai. Um. And I wanted to do something kind of interesting. And I was watching a lot of um, the Bad Batch, Star Wars Bad Batch at the mm-hmm. time. 
And one of the characters in the show um, is like a sniper and he's like very, you know, military kind of gruff um, crosshairs is his name. And so pretty much I was like, when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I wanted to play a marksman. I was mm-hmm. going to play a wizard and then I changed my mind. I was like, I want to play a marksman of some kind. And I was like, I mean, Crosshair is such a cool character. I want to make like a gruff, like bounty hunter. That's just like, he's been doing it for a long time and he's like super skilled with his crossbow and uh, it's very direct and pragmatic. And that's how I ended up playing it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was something uh, completely different from Valken, completely different type of character. Um, so yeah, for that one, it was uh, heavily inspired by that one character. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, that was the that was uh, the magician in yeah in your one shots. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> I think I. I Kind of threw Zeus off with that one because I don't think he expected the magician <laughs> to be a moniker instead of. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. Do you mean to, do we talk about some more about my stuff, or do you want to talk about Hayden next? Uh, I mean, sure, I can talk about Hayden, a campaign two character right now, uh, in our seafaring adventures. Um. For Hayden, I took a lot of inspiration. I wanted, I wanted to play the sort of suave, um, sort of well-spoken, charismatic, um, swashbuckler type of character. Since I learned about what the setting was going to be, and figured there's going to be a lot of chance for maybe having a ship or what whatnot. I was thinking, you know, a swashbuckling sailor of some kind, just, um, you know, super charismatic. And I pulled a lot of inspiration from uh, two different games, actually. Um, Both of them are Assassin's Creed games, though. (laughs) Um, One is uh, Edward Kenway from Black Flag. And the other one is um, Arno Dorian from Unity. Uh, Dor- uh, Arno is like a, the the charismatic was like a, um, a troublemaker kind of when he was uh, before he was an assassin and he kind of had this suaveness to him and then Edward Kenway was a pirate yeah and then, you know wasn't afraid to get down and dirty you know sneak around obviously um, very self centered and so. I kind of just, and of course, other forms of swashbucklers and media too, thinking like, um, what is it? Um, from the Princess Bride. What's that guy's name? Oh, the blonde, the blonde Roberts? No, the blonde hair. Um, like the main guy. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> I can't think of his name either, but let's see. Yeah. Kind of, kind of the same idea. So I was sort of pulling all these things in from from a certain sort of character uh, trope that I was trying to hit on and ended up coming up with Hayden. And it's been a lot of fun so far. 
Uh, Wesley is the character's name. Yes. I can only it. think of an ego. <laughs> Amigo, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, so yeah, it, that that was more or less the some of the major inspiration. And of course, there's other little things I added uh, character story-wise that it's not really um, related to those characters. But um, that's pretty much it. Um, so Kaya, your question... You want to ask a pirate campaign based loosely on One Piece. So I don't know One Piece, but I can go just pirate campaign. You wanted to make where every player is allowed to have one pet, one mount, one familiar. How would you go about doing that? So you think about it. If you want everyone to have a familiar, um, you could give everyone a free feed at level one for magic initiate or ritual caster. Make it a requirement that they pick find familiar. One of those, I think Magic Initiate might cover it. One of those two. One of those two would. And that's that's an easy way for everyone to get a familiar. Um, for a mount, mounts just cost money and they can buy a mount if they want it. Uh, unless you're talking about like specific, like like weird, like flying mounts, like griffins or stuff like that. Like you can, they can just buy mounts, give them the gold for it. Um, for a pet, just let them have a pet. Um, I would make it to where it has no like direct benefit in combat or anything um just say hey do you do you want like a cat do you have a cat you know you want like a little monkey yeah you have a monkey cool its name is whatever you want and it hangs around with you and has a personality but you know it doesn't affect combat or anything that's how i would do it if you if you wanted them each to have one of those things mm. so there's stuff in the game that you could do for that um as far as it being like pirate related i don't, I don't know i don't know where those where those two things line up though i'd have to i'd have to know more about kind of what the direction of the story and 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 why those like the pet the mountain the familiar relate to like the pirate campaign that's how i would do it generically if you had to have those things um so what's more stuff really that talk, i got oh go ahead oh i was gonna say I, I really can't talk too much about hayden um because we're right yeah you don't want to get too much so <laughs> <laughs> If you've watched it at all, which you should, we do it here on Fridays, but not this Friday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. You're gonna have to watch the campaign. I mean, yeah. last episode, uh, the last episode we had on campaign two, there was quite a bit of backstory, kind of all over the place for all the characters. So that one's a good one True. if you want backstory. If you haven't a chance to catch up yet, yeah, you missed it, Village. It was the perfect episode for you. <laughs> we told her too. <laughs> Um, so here's something interesting. Um, this one's kind of a more of like a tangential, um, like inspiration. So in campaign one, right. You all went to like the haunted, um, banner with Viscount Marcel Declare. Who was um mm-hmm. who was a vampire, and like pretty much any knowledge like about mannerisms or like how they talk or how they act or like that kind of thing, probably got it from like Anne Rice novels. Because like when I was like when I was like middle school, early high school, like read them all. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably like that was that kind of that was that kid. So I, I that's probably where I got a lot of like unconscious or like just an inherit like vampire 
um, inspiration from yeah, sexy hissing vampires. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's probably where I got a, a lot of that from. Um, I can definitely point to that. Uh, Sapphire Paradise. Um, especially the card game portion of it, right? That we did like a lot of studying on like Casino Royale and like other stuff like that. Like it wasn't um it wasn't like a direct like lift from like the plot of Casino Royale, um, but a lot of inspiration by it in some ways. That's for sure. Uh Ocean's Eleven, there really there wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of heist to that one but oceans the oceans movies are great if you want to look at like if 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 i was like man i want to do a heist i would study up on like the oceans movies i'd go watch the italian job yeah. <laughs> like that kind of stuff uh mission impossible the first one yeah it wasn't quite a heist but it was kind of a heist a little bit because we were not we were supposed to be there, but we weren't a part of that society. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my character had to play a part and basically take a bunch of money from some powerful people. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of eyes, but not really. No. <laughs> it's more like a, um, so what I'm looking for. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what, um, I know what you would call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things like like the whole Tyran region or like Four Winter, like where Bryn was from, a lot of that stuff lifted just like from from like Nordic history or like Vikings or like Norse mythology, like like that kind of stuff. That one's pretty in your face, though. Um, I don't I don't think that one's really a surprise to anyone there how much of that was um sort of driven by bun's character and her backstory um so i think it was a little both ways where when bun was making her character she asked what this region was like and i gave her kind of loose like information about it and then as she sort of built her character around what i gave her um I looked at what she wrote and then incorporated that backwards, kind of like what what we did with like Valken. Um, like if if you hadn't written Valken to be from like a martial arts like school, um, you know, or like a monk, like there probably wouldn't have been the other schools in Campaign One. <laughs> <laughs> so just by by you saying, "Hey, I wanted to be a martial artist or, or a martial artist from this dojo in this place," I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. There should be more of these." And like that's kind of how all that got born out of it. Yeah, I, I actually loved all of the stuff that we did in, in the North, even though my character didn't. But because I was like, I, in my mind, I was envisioning like Skyrim. Oh, yeah. You know, like you have different hamlets and they have their own mm-hmm. Jarls. And I mean, I, I'm sure. I don't know if you thought about it in that way, but, but in my mind, that's where my, my brain was going to when we went there and she had to deal with uh, some of the people in, in her like village yeah and I and especially too like the whole idea of like Thanes and like you know a Jarl 
Um, but no one was worthy enough to be a Jarl at the moment. That kind of stuff. You could probably draw a line to like Minas Tirith in Lord of the Rings <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> if you want it, where there's no true king. But I mean, Lord of the Rings inspires yeah. everything. So, um, some other things that I've got on here. So in Campaign Two, there's there's no secret of like there's three different like magical systems at play and at odds with each other, like the arcane, the primal. And then the divine and then like the divine each have their own kind of like deities like there's a pantheon um but like sort of like the primal um like section of like magic users a lot of that like their beliefs are really like spiritualism like shintoism kind of thing have like inspired by i'm not saying that it's the same thing i'm just saying that I, pieces of it are inspired by it um that kind of stuff where like everything has like a spirit that's part of it in like the natural world um isn't there a pocahontas song <laughs> about that from the pocahontas movie <laughs> yeah animism um what is the name of that song bun probably knows it being our resident you know disney expert it's funny when you're talking about how you can tie almost anything back to Lord of the Rings. And <laughs> thought across my mind that didn't during our first campaign is this whole mysterious like Salon kingdom. Like kind of had some um, echoes of like um, Mordor to it in my brain. Mm. Now I'm just thinking about it because it's like um, this place that i mean not the same obviously because it's a whole different set of circumstances for it but the fact that it was like this this evil sort of or there was something brewing there there was like a thing happening there that was Mm -hmm. gonna threaten everybody else yeah it was just kind of i didn't put i didn't think about it at the time but since we were just discussing lord of the rings stuff i was like salon mortar (laughs) <laughs> not quite yeah. the same but yeah 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 um i mean like the city states in campaign two like a lot of like inspiration just from like ancient greece now loosely i'm not saying i borrowed a lot of stuff from it but just the idea of each having their own island having their own like patron deity for like their civilization that kind of stuff um so yeah that was one like easy inspiration um let's see i mean campaign two for like just the idea of pirates i mean take your pick of like any famous like pirate thing Treasure Island, Black Sails, Pirates of the Caribbean, like uh, Our Flag Means Death, that show if you haven't watched it. Um, lots of media out there for like pirates, uh, inspiration type stuff. 100%. Um, another thing that I got too is interesting from uh, a book series that I was reading, and I've actually picked up. Like some things, like some things in sci-fi, and sort of brought them over 
um, to to the campaign. Um, like one example that I that I can share is I'm reading like a series of like Warhammer forty thousand novels, and just like a super small detail about like a specific planet, I'm like that'd be really cool to incorporate something like that and like shift it around and make it work for what I want it to work for. It's not there yet, but it's not, you haven't seen it yet. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, it's really weird where you can just find like inspiration um, in just like anywhere. Um, Sure. Bun has joined the call, um, but I don't, I I don't know if people will be able to hear you bun. So I might have to do some. some Hello caller. Thanks for calling in. Uh, You have some, uh, Let me let me see if I can get this working because I can also not hear Bun either if she's you trying to hear. talk. No, I, I can't I can hear. Um, OK, maybe I'll now be able to hear. But let me. So give me a second. Nobody else can hear you in the audience. So I have to set this up now. Um, yeah, give me a second. Nobody, nobody can hear you <laughs> except for me and BS. So. Yeah. Uh okay, you should be try it now. See if they can hear you. Whoa. Uh first yeah, time caller, long time listener. <laughs> All uh, right. Bun is on audio only and wants to talk about Bryn. Go for it. Well, I just want to give you a little reminder because you've forgotten. I think it's a really good way for people to um create a character if they're not really good at creating characters. So I wanted to share. Go for and it. I don't know that VS knew this either. So like uh my original concept for Bryn was I've never played with any of these weirdos before. And I don't know any of them very well. And I should make a character that will like help keep the party together and keep people from like dying, but also be able to do like, I basically was making the ultimate filler character so that if we ended up with someone who wanted to heal, she could step back and do damage and vice versa. And then I started thinking about doing like the protector, the fighter protector thing, because then you can do damage, but also I could do the field medic and the protector with the shield to like, help people not die and then for mm-hmm. some reason i was like, okay a shield maiden sounds freaking great for the shield thing a shield maiden field medic and then do you remember this max i, I don't said, know i don't know what you're gonna also, say so and i said but what if i take thor and captain america and combine them oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so she had this norse god like backstory thing where she had like powers but she uh, and people thought she was a god and she thought they were stupid. Uh, and then she also was like, had the shield that she could throw and it would yeah. like come back to her. And then uh, that was basically it. That was Brent. That, that that's as much thought as went into the character before I started like fleshing her out. And then I was like, well, she's a shield maiden. I just said, Max, is there a place in your world where a shield maiden, like a Viking type person might live? And you're like, yep, up here. And I was like, all right, done. <laughs> um, the stuff with the Babas kind of came later once I started trying to flesh her out more like, how does she have these powers? Why does she have these powers? Why doesn't she like the people in her area? But I mm-hmm. wanted a reason where she didn't need to go home. So she'd be stuck with a group. She always wanted to do the right things. Like I wanted these things to make it really easy for the party. Cause I know like forming a new party with new friends can be really hard. I feel like we did the opposite for campaign two, but that was like my, my mind going into campaign one was like, how do I glue everyone together to make sure that we have some smooth sailing for the early yeah, episodes? For sure. Yeah. 
I forgot about that. I thought about the Thor yeah. Captain America thing. Yeah, I just thought it was fun to share this. Like, if you like a character, like maybe you're watching Star Wars or you're watching um, Avengers or whatever, and you're like, that's like a really cool thing that character did. Like, try not to like one for one recreate that character in D and D, but try to take the elements you like and then like re rework them. Can be a really fun way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think I like what VS was saying with the Dread Pirate Roberts. Which why can't either of you guys think of his name? His name is Wesley, aka I the Dread Pirate Roberts. I said A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
There's a. I don't know if you've seen Arcane, the League of Legends uh, animated. It was on Netflix. Yeah, I, think. I have. Um, they had a well, not quite the same. Uh, their society is, is like Rosendon, where it's like all invention and like mm-hmm. science, and there's like no magic because in the past, like magic was a thing, and then it got out of control and messed up a bunch of stuff. So it's been like hundreds of years with like no magic of any kind. And so this society just flourished off science, basically, an invention. And then part of the story is a guy rediscovers how to make magic, and it's like a yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not the same, but this it's like it's yeah. a very there's very cool like things out there where you can see similarities. It's the it's the um it's the old trope of like a wizard did it right. Yeah. <laughs> Work backwards from like a wizard did it. Yep. Um, it, you, you need an event that's like totally messed up something on something in your campaign. Wizard did it <laughs> easy. Does <laughs> <laughs> they're good at that. Uh, right in. Yeah. Daisy for sci-fi inspiration. The food delivery system in Emberhome was totally a replicator. <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. Um, yeah. You know, I can, that makes sense. Like, you know, beep, boop, boop, you know, tea, Earl Grey hot, except it doesn't replicate. It just sends an information. It has like a little, it's like a roller coaster dumb waiter, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> for Ember Home. Yeah, I remember that. Super cool. Ember Home was fun to, uh, to think up to. It's a neat place. Was there any, uh, so I, if I'm remembering right, there was the different levels. You had, right? Emberholm was yeah. like leveled off, and you had to take like elevators to certain places. Mm-hmm. Was there anything um, that you can recall that you drew inspiration of for how you put together Emberholm? Because it was a very neat location. Yeah, I I can't really think of any like direct inspiration for Emberholm because I I knew I wanted it to be subterranean you know because it was mainly originally a home of like dwarves and like gnomes and then like the wacky like steampunky type of stuff came in from just like you know indirect inspiration from gnomes and tinkering and stuff like that um <clears throat> so yeah I don't know if there's any any like direct inspiration that I could think of like I what can't think of, some of that stuff. That's why I was wondering if maybe for the design of the city, if you had any mm-hmm. inspiration for it. No, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I've also noticed that in each of the campaigns, I have, <laughs> I have for some reason made specific societies like extremely like bureaucratic with like tons of like formal paperwork and stuff like that. I don't <laughs> because there's two so far that I've included. Like one in campaign one and one in campaign two. And I don't know why I, I do that. <laughs> it's good campaign, yeah, yeah. Campaign one was Emberholm. Campaign two, a little bit you got in um in Lenaris, uh with the Church of the Lightsmith, like your contract dealings and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess I like I like bureaucracy. I don't know. I think it makes sense for like these old, like uh established societies and the kind of what they would devolve into over time. 
it prevents or it presents the the party with an interesting sort of scenario where do they just go along with the bureaucracy do they try to undermine it and be you mm-hmm. know break laws you know it, you can have a whole bunch of fun things happen depending on how your party plays it so yeah for sure yeah, that's that's all that I've got. Those are some notes that I took just from like the campaigns that I've played. I didn't really have anything like character wise um, that you all would relate to because most of you have just seen me DM and not play except for like one tiny one shot. But but yeah, I know I would love to ask you if there's anything, any uh, ideas that you have that you haven't been able to implement, but I know you're not going to answer that because you might. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the kind of DM that I have. That I am is like, if, if the players like totally bypass something that I had an idea for, or if I have an idea in my head, like I'm not going to reveal it until it happens in game, because those are things that I can put in my little dungeon master toolbox and pull out whenever I need them. Mm. <laughs> so I, yeah, yeah, and that's that's a pretty common thing. Uh, it's like, oh, these players that want to go inside this cave full of, you know, these monsters. Cool, okay. How can I turn this into another encounter, like, later on in a different area? And how can I make it interesting? Just to kind of conserve how much time that you, that you do on preparation and, like, start coming up with stuff. Because for the players, if they don't see it or experience it, it doesn't exist. Only the DM knows about it. So shuffle around whatever you want. But anyway, yeah, you have anything else that you can think of for inspiration stuff or if anyone has any questions, uh, let them be known and we can answer them. Um, no, I think we covered a lot of it. Cool. Well, I hope you um, I hope you learned something um, in this episode or kind of got an idea of kind of how both of us think through some of these things and how inspiration can be, you know, good to look through. Uh, the best thing I can tell you is if you're looking for inspiration, go read, go read a book, go pick a TV series or a movie that you want to watch and just consume it. <laughs> It'll, some of it might stick with you. Um, one last question from village. What is your most strangest or what is your strangest source of inspiration aside from media like books, movies, shows, etc. Strangest form of inspiration. I don't know if I have an answer for this off the top of my head. Is there um do you ever for any characters draw off of an encounter you've had in real life for how oh. a person is? I'm I'm I don't know if that's what village means, but I I can kind of like Yeah. I can't I can't draw a direct line off the top of my head. <laughs> but in the chat, I saw a girl at Trader Joe's once. I thought she'd make a great character. <laughs> That's amazing. That I feel like is amazing. Like, I feel like I've heard people sometimes like when coming up with characters, they'll think back to like an interaction they had with somebody that was just like memorable for some reason either they were crazy or just were a complete character themselves and made a character out of it here's one 
I can think of. It kind of sparked my mind. I don't know if it's the weirdest, but you mentioned like things in real life. A lot of the trial that happened in campaign one, I pulled like direct like life experience for like being part of like court cases and like trials and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Giving like testimony, like computer forensics stuff that I used to do. And a lot of that was like, here's here's how I know like a courtroom works. How do I take the things that work in an actual courtroom in an actual trial and then like turn it into like D&D court? So there's probably a lot of parallels of like things that would actually happen in court, maybe uh, along with other stuff like you know, like zone of truth. Like how would how would a society that has access to a spell like that? How would that affect like cases and trials? Or like speak with the dead. Like how would how would that affect like investigations and court cases and stuff, right? It's it's neat to think of like everyday things or things that happen in the real world and how they would get like turned on their head in like a fantasy setting. Yeah. Um because I mean like you know, in real life, you know, if I had access to like wizard spells, like a huge handful of cantrips available to a wizard would be like life changing, right? Prestidigitation would be like would be life changing if one of us had access to that. Mending, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, um, hope you learned something. Hope you have some good ideas. Go honestly, go check out those sections in the in the player's handbook or the or the uh, dungeon master's guide at the end in the appendices that talk about like inspiration for the respective books. There's some good stuff in there if you're looking for something to read and in the uh, fantasy fantasy genre for sure. But anyway, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. Pacific is going to be some bun bun art drawing stuff, uh, and I believe she's going to be doing some drawing. Um, for our charity stream. So I know that she's planning on doing some character drawing for those uh, characters in the charity stream. So if you want a little sneak peek of what they're going to be, uh, come back tomorrow, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Uh, and then after that, Sunday this week, sun or I guess technically next week, Sunday the 24th at noon, um, twitch.tv slash MS Society. Make sure that I spell it right for the chat again. Um, that's where we'll be. Um, in this week, we're going to release the the donation incentives um, for the stream. Uh, and there's some good ones. Should I give away the big one? I think I should. I'll talk about it for everybody here. So the idea that we have, and we don't have exact dollar amounts and stuff figured out, but the top tier uh, right now of there's going to be like a single donation amount. We haven't decided what it is yet, but if a person donates that high single donation amount, um, you can literally end a character's adventure at random and it'll be at most one per player. But if you pay enough money, you can end that character's adventure full stop and the player has to come up with a reason why that their, that their character's not out of the game. Uh, so... We'll more on that later. We'll release some information on the different incentives and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we can do all sorts of fun and like zany things because we're doing a one shot and it's just, that's all it is. It's just it's one and we can do all kinds of fun stuff. So anyway, 
Um, see you back tomorrow for a bump on our stream and we'll see you Sunday um, for the uh, charity stream. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.